said, it is exactly what the world in its present state needs to hear. But what is it that is nameless, that goes beyond distinctions and transcends all language? What is it that Pooh gives to Eeyore for his birthday? An empty honeypot or a really useful vessel for putting things in? Talking Tai Chi with the Teapot Monk. Today we are continuing our search for ways to move forward in this climatically and socially challenging time by once more looking back. Last week we flipped through the Book of Changes and this week we're going to focus on a very dusty book indeed, a poetical guidebook to simplicity. This book has been attributed to a certain philosopher called Lao Tzu. And it's been one of the best-selling books of all time. It is called The Tao Te Ching. But first, Lao Tzu, what of the author, the man himself? the legend and the myth. Well, it's said that he lived during the 6th century BC, born at the ripe old age of 81 and with 10 toes on each foot. He had something of a head start in the planning and thinking departments. He would become keeper of the Imperial Archives at Luoyang in the province of Honan. But in a fit of despair, at the future of mankind, he fled the decay and corruption of city life to become an immortal, as we're all tempted to do from time to time. Mm. However, as he mounted the nearest oxen and headed out towards the city gates, he was stopped by a sentry, and upon being recognised, presumably there were not a lot of ten-toed sages fleeing the city that particular evening, he was asked to leave something of his thoughts behind, so that those abandoned to the quagmire of debauchery and consumerism would have at least a few guiding principles to help steer them from their miserable destiny. Hence, he drew out his trusty parchment and quill and hastily scribbled his 86 chapters for posterity. Oh, really? But other than legend, historians tell us that the book may have been a collective effort, written much later by students or followers of Lao Tzu or Zi. But what do we care? Does it make an iota of difference to its validity for the 21st century? Does the number of toes on Lao Tzu's feet indicate anything whatsoever about the truth of his words? As for the book itself, the Tao Te Ching contains 81, hang on, 86? No, 81, that's right, 81 poetic chapters on the essence of being. Undoubtedly, you would have heard many of these words quoted and re-quoted ad infinitum. 
But no matter how often they are written, there remains a contemporary freshness and relevance to their simple wisdom. Today we're going to look at two versions. The first by Gia from Fenn and Jane English from 1973, and the second by Ron Hogan. The Gia Fu Feng version is a large edition printed back in 73 in London by Wildwood House. If you can get a copy, do as it is a beautifully illustrated version with Instagram-like black and white landscapes, textures of life and light that reflect and reinforce much of the simplicity and purity of the words. Yield and overcome. Bend and be straight, empty and be full, wear out and be new, have little and gain, have much and be confused. Alan Watts wrote of the book, quote, No one has done better in conveying Lao Tzu's simple and laconic style of writing so as to produce an English version almost as suggestive of the many meanings intended. This is a most useful as well as beautiful volume, and what it has to say is exactly what the world in its present state needs to hear. The second version is by Ron Hogan from his cult classic, Getting Right with the Tao. Chapter one. Stop wanting stuff. It keeps you from seeing what's real. When you want stuff, all you see are things. Now, here's a test for you. Uh -oh. Next time you're chatting with your Sifu, admiring the creases in his satin suit, or commenting on the well-polished glass that frames her workshop attendance certificate, ask if he or she has read the Tao Te Ching and then ask what version. Ask about Ron's interpretation and what they thought of it because I think it will tell you a lot about your teacher, the answer that you will get. Ron's version is very, very different. He attempts to strip out the poetry and replace it with dialogue. Because what Hogan wants to do is create something that will offer us how to live a productive, meaningful life on a day-to-day -day basis. And to do this, he speaks to us with his own voice. And that, just that, his own voice is so precious, so lacking in today's homogenous copy and pasted world where everybody emulates what everybody else is doing, that we are presented with a wonderful opportunity, as Lao Tzu wanted, as Alan Watts could see, to empty the nonsense from our minds and begin afresh. He presents us with just what the world needs to hear right now. Oh, really? Okay, here's three examples. 
Chapter 42 starts out with some cosmic mumbo-jumbo about Tao making one, one making two, two making three, and three making everything else. I don't know what that means, says Ron, and frankly, I wouldn't worry about it too much. Excuse me. <sighs> now, purists amongst you may well be having a cardiac arrest at this moment in time, or attempting to unsubscribe to my podcast as fast as possible. But hang on a moment there. Before you issue a Fajin long-distance death threat to Ron or to me, listen again to what the man is saying. Read the rest of the chapter and the following chapter, 43. And the words like a smack on the back of the head become clear. And for us in the Tai Chi world, chapter three, the master leads by clearing the crap out of people's heads and opening their hearts. He shows you how to forget what you know and what you want. Stop doing stuff all the time and watch what happens. Or how about this, that could be taken straight from a seminar by Paul Lamb. If you want to teach people, don't talk down to them. If you want to lead them, find out where they want to go. Taoism experiences waves of popularity during different social and political eras. Recently, it has experienced another resurgence due to its ecological roots, anti-consumerism, and the resounding echoes of its simple philosophy. For the Tai Chi practitioner of the 21st century, it offers a set of guidelines for living and working that are simultaneously ancient and modern, abstract and practical. Its simple wisdom is as valid for our digital lifestyles today as it was over two and a half thousand years ago. Many Tai Chi teachers talk a lot about the classics, the guidelines for practice. For me, there is no greater classic than that of the Tao Te Ching. Well, that's all for today's episode, and it ends our look at the great literature of Taoism. Though I could go on and on, and maybe another time. Don't forget to check out the resources in the show notes this week, where you'll find out how to get hold of a copy of Ron's classic book and where you can download a copy of the postcard that Lao Tzu received from the sentry who recorded down his thoughts. Yes, it's all there. Check out the links in the show notes. Finally, I have been meaning to ask for a long time and the last to get around to doing it. If you enjoyed the podcast, Perhaps you could leave a review on iTunes for me. The universe would be most grateful. Until next week, tread lightly. Looking to discover what Tai Chi can do for you or curious and would like to know a little more? Well, just come over to 21stCenturyTaiChi.com. Look for the link in the show notes. There's short introductory courses, breathing, health, Tai Chi form, sword, philosophy applications and more, plus books, 
PDFs and great videos and even music. Got a question? Track me down on social media as the Teapot Monk. Thanks for listening. Thank you.